The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Michelle Kwan. In 1996, the world was in the midst of a massive cultural movement that saw women finally taking center stage. Nowhere was this shift more apparent than at the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta. This audience was the loudest thing I have ever heard in my life. The noise, everybody's cheering, and we see all these USA flags. It was the most important summer in women's sports history, and team after team after team, the U.S. women kept winning. Basketball, soccer, softball, gymnastics. I just said, give me mine. Like, give me mine. Join me for Dear Media's Summer of Gold, presented by Together. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, I've got the founder of Kosas, Sheena Yatanis. Sheena has such a diverse background before starting this brand, which I love, by the way. She was studying bioscience in college. She competed in MasterChef. She even tried a little bit of acting and pursuing her MBA. And we sit down to talk about being a fellow founder and how she grew Kosas to be the brand it is today. We chat about all things from creating your own brand DNA to dealing with perfectionism as an inherently creative person. I left this conversation feeling so refreshed by Sheena's perspective, and I think you guys will love this one. And if you found this episode motivating or inspiring or you loved it, I would love if you could share it with a friend, post it on your Instagram, comment on my Instagram, and let me know what you learned from this episode. It would mean so much to me. And before we get into the episode, I have to tell you about a brand new Summer Fridays product called Heavenly 16, and it's an all-in-one face oil, which I feel like the name Heavenly 16 describes it so well because it feels like heaven on your skin. I love it so much. And what's so special about this is there is a blend of 16 non-comedogenic vegan oils. It feels so amazing on your skin. It's all in recyclable packaging and it comes in our new tree-free unit cartons. And we wanted to create the formula with all non-comedogenic oils because we formulated it for all skin types, even including oily. So the way that I like to use this is in my evening skincare routine when I'm done, it's the final step. I use a couple drops. I drop it in my hands and then I pat it into my skin. I also like to gua sha with it because I love how it feels at the end of the day. It's deeply conditioning. It plumps your skin and helps to boost skin's elasticity. In the morning, what I like to do is I'll mix it with my moisturizer. So I do like a couple drops and it's so dewy on my skin before applying makeup. Heavenly 16 is available now at summerfridays.com and at Sephora. So now that you heard all about our brand new Summer Fridays product, let's hear from Sheena. Okay. So Sheena, you live in Los Angeles. How does living here inspire what you do? Yeah, I live in Los Angeles. Um, I grew up in Southern California. So the place where I grew up is actually not super far from LA. It's maybe like 45 minutes away, which is really important to me personally, because I, I call myself a homebody. I'm a very like home-driven person. And a lot of the things that I'm like really used to being around growing up, like the even just the vegetation, the air, the the climate and all of that for me is still the same as it was when I was growing up. So like when I think about LA, I really, it feels like home to me um, because of all of those things. And all of that goes towards like a sense of comfort that is like almost always my motivation and everything. I love that because I definitely feel like there's an ease to your brand and that California like style of how we like to wear our makeup and stuff here. And so before starting the brand, I know your work experience is so like unique and diverse. So like, how did all of this happen? Or like, why did you want to try so many things before starting Kosas? 
I was about 29 years old when I started working on Kosas. So my work experience was, it was just not that much, you know, I was pretty young still. I still am. And I had, I guess like the broadness and diversity comes a lot through my education more so even than my work experience, because I went to, my major in my undergrad was biological sciences. And I was really drawn to the, like the systems and the, that are, you know, like in nature, in the human body, how we got here, like all of the curiosity around all of the science of who we are and, and like, and how substances combine. I mean, like I, I still consider myself just very hands-on tactical, like in the work and, um, and my like college attraction was very much all about that. And then my work experience kind of like unfolded from there. And I, I did, I did a lot of lab work. And then eventually I went to business school because I had a very strong pull towards having a beauty brand from a very young age. It wasn't really something that I decided. It was actually surprising to me, like how much it came up for me. It was like a pull or like a calling is the best way I can describe it. I totally understand what you mean. And I, I feel like I always had this like feeling ever since I was little, like I was born to do something like really meaningful. And I didn't know exactly what that would be, but I knew I had to follow that. So like, how did you trust to follow your passion or your gut knowing like this was something you were meant to do? So I didn't for a really long time because I think the, when something feels really meaningful, well, this is how I experienced it at least. It felt like such a deep like from my core, like from a part of myself that I didn't even fully have access to want and desire and drive that with that came a lot of risk too, because it was going to mean a, that I was exposing all of those deepest parts of myself by doing this and B that if I was for some reason wrong, then would I just have an emptiness? Like, would I be left with a void where that let that drive once was. And so it took me quite a few years. I was just out of college when I first like said out loud that I want to have a beauty brand, that I have an idea for a makeup brand. And then it wasn't, and you know, it was maybe eight or nine years later before I actually started moving forward with it. I think I was avoiding it actually for that time in between. <laughs> That's interesting. So for so long, you just felt like you knew it was something you wanted to do. Was Did you feel like, what was it that made you finally be like, okay, now is the time? It was actually after I had had my daughter. So when my daughter was about eight months old, I had, you know, and I'd been, I had spent eight years thinking about whether or not I should move forward with this. And when she was eight months old, I had this conversation with myself and with her about how I'd always support her in following her journey and following her dreams. And that I was always going to encourage her to genuinely find what she loves and is super passionate about whatever that is and to really go after it. And in having that conversation, I thought, well, I'm not doing that. And if I'm not doing that and I'm not, you know, I'm not following my own deepest desires, then how can I ever expect her to trust me in encouraging her to do the same? And so it was really, you know, it was her, you know, being a mother to her at, a, you know, when she was a baby that really turned things around for me. And it, and it made me understand that like for, for her to be able to trust my advice, I was going to have to take it myself. I love that because I feel like 
you know, we hear all the time, like you're teaching your child things, but it's so amazing to hear like your daughter inspired you. So is there anything else that you feel like your daughter has taught you, you know, personally or professionally that has really, you know, changed who you are now? You know, she teaches me so much because she, and I know it's supposed to be this way. Like we want the generation after us to be more advanced than us, but I'm like, how are you? She's seven years old now. And I'm always like, how are you seven? Like when I was seven, I feel like, first of all, I don't remember, like I didn't have any opinions really, but she has a very strong sense of she has a really strong sense of color actually. Um, and she has a really adventurous spirit and she's like all about like creating fun in almost any moment. And I think that's like so inspiring to me because it reminds me to not really like wait around for a fun moment to happen. Like it can just be in like the, you know, and it should be like really just on the day in the day to day in the most mundane of experiences. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about Athletic Greens. I think you guys will love this. So for me, I feel like I'm always trying to do anything I can to optimize my health, but also make it really easy for me at the same time because I don't always have the time to eat the best that I can every single day or I'm on the go. I've just got a lot going on. And I'm sure you do too, because Athletic Greens is really good if you are looking to start each day by just taking care of all your nutritional needs, or if you're looking to overcome gut health or nutrient deficiencies, if you're like me and you travel a lot, or you're really busy and you struggle to eat while on the road, or you just don't feel as good as you want to, then you guys definitely want to try this. So anything I can do to make my daily habits better, easier, tastier is perfect for me because this is an all-in-one superfood powder, and it's just one thing with all of the best things. In one tasty scoop of Athletic Greens, it contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more. And they all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products or pills. I know I talk about gut health a lot and the things that I eat and put in my body. So if I can take one thing that really helps my gut, body, and mind that is so easy and effortless for me, I definitely have to share it with you guys. And that's why I've got a special offer just for you. So go to athleticgreens.com slash life. Use my link so you can get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Again, use my link athleticgreens.com slash life and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs today. The brand name, where did this come from? What does it mean? So the brand name was like a tremendous journey, actually. I can tell you a little bit about that story, about how it started. When I started originally working on Kosas, it wasn't called Kosas then. I had a different name for it and it was known. It was called Known Cosmetics. That was the original brand name, K-N-W-N. And I... Not knowing, you know, not knowing a lot, anything about anything really at that time, I started down the road of, you know, I did my own, like what I considered due diligence, which was like Googling to make sure that there was no other makeup brand called Known Cosmetics, like searching the USPTO website to make sure that there wasn't anything else that was trademarked as Known Cosmetics. And I didn't find anything. So like, I thought I was cleared and started working on designing the brand, you know, working on the packaging, had started working on the product. Luckily that didn't change or that didn't impact it with the name. But at some point down the road, I happened across 
a trademark attorney, like at an, like at, at an actual party. So I'm like having a conversation. Oh, what do you do? I'm working on a beauty brand. What do you do? I'm a trademark attorney. Oh, have you trademarked your brand name? No, I haven't. Should I do that? Do you think that's something I should do? And he was like, yes, yes, you should. You should definitely do that. And so I was like, I thought I was pretty, like pretty much in the clear ended up going to his office with all of my materials, like all my packaging designs and, you know, all of our, like the mood boards and stuff for, for photo shoots that we're going to start doing. And I was like, super excited. Like, look at, you know, look at this thing I made. And he was like, very unimpressed and was like, we need to make sure you can actually get this trademark. And long story short, I got a call from him that said that there were a variety of reasons why I could apply for this trademark, but it would very likely be fought by a very large beauty conglomerate and that they had precedent to do that. And I was absolutely heartbroken because I thought like, I, you know, I thought I had imagined the brand already existing and this really changed that for me. And I spent a day being really sad. Then a couple days later, I got back into it with my designer and I was like, we have to find a new brand name. And so, and at this point, the trademark attorney was involved in this entire process. And so we started to really like deep dive into the why behind what we were doing and started to like, just, you know, research a lot of different terms and a lot of different words and wanting to start to maybe consider and and finally understanding why so many companies name their their companies after things that aren't words that don't exist because like all the normal words are taken. And so we started kind of approaching it that way. And we really liked the K from known. And so we started running through a lot of different names and shapes that, that came from that. And we came across this word, which was kosas. It was in, it was based on a Sanskrit word that's pronounced koshas. And it was the concept that the self is a layered, like an onion and your physical layer is one out of five layers. And that what's inside the layers underneath the things that you think about, the things that you believe in, um, your feelings and all of those things that you are, your essential self actually impact the way that you look. And it's not the other way around. And I was like, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. And that's so deeply is actually what I believe. Um, my entire philosophy around beauty and makeup is that you can approach makeup and a lot of people do this and that like there's something wrong with you or there's something you need to fix or there's like a flaw. And I don't, I don't like that side of beauty. Personally, it doesn't resonate with me. I love makeup. I genuinely like it excites me and it's the power of transformation. It's like the being able to reveal the best parts of yourself that I really love. And it's like being so in touch with who you are from the inside that we're going to celebrate it with this really fun medium that's makeup. And so it was like, you know, it was everything that I wanted it to be. And it was so much more meaningful actually than the original name was. So it was truly one of those moments. I haven't had a lot of these. And I know people say like, it ends up being better in the end, or it's like better on the other side than you could have imagined. But this was one of those for me. It definitely worked out because I feel like it fits the brand name so well. And I love knowing the meaning behind it. And a lesson learned to like anyone trying to start a brand is, you know, it might cost a little extra money at the beginning to like properly trademark and everything, but it will be much more expensive. if You have to change packaging and or labels or something down the line. Totally much more expensive and much more heartbreaking. I was so, I was so happy that I hadn't actually started producing anything. 
Okay. So I follow the brand for a while now. I feel like probably closer to like when you launched, but I noticed a few years ago, kind of like the brand had like a refresh. Um, I think it happened around like lip fuel launch time. So like, was there a reason why you wanted to like refresh the imagery or like, how did the brand change from launch to then? Great question. I think the brand, well, there are a few things that happened. One, one, the biggest thing at like all cut to the chase is retail distribution for us. So that was around the time that we launched the brand in Sephora. And before that, Kosas was, you know, available on our site. So everything, like every asset that we made was really digitally available. And I have like one of my biggest passions and motivations in life is color. And so I pour a lot of energy into storytelling through color, because I think it's one of those things that's like a universal language. It's a way to communicate with people without using words. It can elicit feelings and emotions and moods and all sorts of things. And I'm like, I feel those things with color and I want to share that with people. So color has always been tremendously important to who we are. And early on, when I was first starting the brand, I was toying around with all sorts of different color combinations for packaging. And ultimately, I remember this feeling very well. I was so afraid and I didn't know what the future was going to look like that I had all this like colorful packaging planned. And at the very last minute, I was like, I can't do that. Make it black and white. So I made the packaging black and white, but I still had this like deep desire to paint the entire world with all these different shades that are inspiring to me from so many different places. So much of it comes from nature actually. And so what I was doing was using like a ton of saturated color, like doing all this color story stuff through our imagery, through like product, product imagery, actually in particular, through all this like textural photography and everything. And so I was like, okay, I feel like my, my itch for color is scratched because like you see it in all these digital assets. And then cut to when we first launched in Sephora. And what I very quickly found out was that we had a very small amount of space, you know, when we first entered into Sephora. And it was on this thing called the clean end cap. So it was like one end cap with four shelves, and there were a few different brands on it. So Kosas got one shelf on this like multi-branded end cap. And all that we could really put on that shelf, like all I had to present myself with inside that retail environment was that packaging. And so what it did was it stripped away like any color explorer and anything that, you know, any stories that we were telling and all that was really left there was the packaging. And that was like the only thing that was black and white about the brand. And so I knew in that moment that, that I wasn't even, it wasn't even a refresh. It was really like a, my essential self is not being represented here. And mm-hmm. so now I have to reframe how I'm thinking about like where the brand is going to end up living and who I am and who we are as a company and why we exist and put that everywhere, you know, re- regardless of what risk it takes, because it is not easy, um, I think, to be able to like settle on a color or colors. Uh, and then like, you know, make them into a reality and know that you're going to have to live with them for a hundred years. So <laughs> that was a big step for me to eventually take, but I'm so glad that I did because like, that's the, that's like my playground. Like that is where I feel the most soulfully connected is through color. 
let's take a quick break because I'm going to tell you about something that I hope will make your life a little bit easier because sometimes, you know, you run to the store, you forget your wallet or you're digging through your bag and you can't find your wallet. Well, next time you go to check out, why pull out your wallet or open your purse when you probably already have your phone in your hand. Next time you're at CVS, you guys can use PayPal QR code payments because they are accepted at CVS stores nationwide. It makes it so easy to pay with touch-free payments with your phone and you can get $10 cash back on your first purchase of $20 or more. So I genuinely love PayPal and CVS so much. They have been constants in my life for so, so long now. I love PayPal because no matter where I'm shopping, I know that it's secure with the purchases that I make wherever I am. Usually when I'm shopping on my phone or computer, my wallet might be in another room, but with PayPal, all my information is on there. It makes it so easy to check out. And that same ease and convenience is now with PayPal and CVS. And it's great because you're actually getting paid to use it. When I pay at CVS using a QR code, it's just a few taps in the app and then I'm done. I don't have to deal with change or pulling out my credit card or if I forget my wallet and my phone is basically always in my hand anyway. So it makes it very easy for checkout and you can check out with a cashier or at self-checkout. And I've used PayPal online for years and I love that I can use it in stores now too, knowing I'm getting the same security. So to get $10 cash back on your first transaction of $20 or more, just head to your local CVS and pay using your PayPal or Venmo app. That's $10 cash back on your first purchase of $20 or more with the PayPal or Venmo app. To see terms and learn more about how to earn $10 cash back, go to paypal.com slash Mariana. I feel like the brand has such strong DNA across so many different touch points, whether it's retail or I see billboards, I even get traditional mailers like in the mail, you have samples and stuff now. So how do you stay true to like the brand, you know, vision and how it looks and feels throughout so many different touch points? Well, I'm so glad you think that because it's like a huge feat and I don't, I never feel that way personally. I always feel like um, we can do better with that at all times. It starts with a real definition of what our brand DNA is. So what we have done is we've done like internal brand work where we've defined the essence of who we are, like the genetic code that makes Kosas the brand that it is. And that's defined and set in stone. And so everything that we do gets checked against that genetic code. And that's how we know if it is or if it isn't Kosas. And hopefully over time, what that means is that if everything's checked against the same genetic code, then no matter what, like there can be a ton of creativity in it. There can be a lot of variability in how that shows up, but it's still telling the same story and it's still showing up as the same person. For people who have maybe like a new brand or new beauty brand that they're working on, what marketing advice would you have to give them to make sure that they stay true to that like genetic code and brand DNA? I would say, I mean, this is like a, it's a free exercise. So like, that's what's so awesome about like, finding your genetic code. And there's so many different ways to frame it. There are many, like a lot of different marketers or branders can call it, they call it different things. Brand DNA is one way of looking at it, but essentially to me, it's who are we? Why do we exist? And it can be as simple as four sentences, you know, and less is absolutely more, I think when it comes to genetic code or brand DNA or the, who we are, but really defining those things, wanting them to be honest truthful and differentiated, you know, like really looking through like the puzzle pieces of who you are to find those things that are defining characteristics and then putting them down and then always checking against them. And then similar to me, I feel like we're the same where I'm very creative, but then having your own business, there's just like a lot of like mundane things that we do. So how do you keep yourself inspired and not have 
creative burnout so that you can really, you know, do the best that you need to do while you're in product development or, you know, marketing or packaging or whatever it is? I don't know if I do a very good job at this because I am a very creative person, but I'm also like a very hands-on creative. So like, it's very easy for me to get in the weeds of things. And sometimes I just let that happen. I think like I've tried so many different ways and I actually like, sometimes it's really just in like sitting in, getting in the weeds for me personally is the way out of the weeds. If that makes any sense is really like seeing something through finishing something and then letting the spontaneity, because that's where like the spontaneity happens is inside the work. I know this is like a very hard to grasp because it sounds really vague, but there's like ideas coming in, like the, the concept of like, I have a blank slate, like I need ideas to come in from the outside. Then there's also the, like, that's not happening right now. I think 2020 was a very, very hard time for something like that to happen. So if we can't look externally for inspiration, then like diving even deeper and deeper into like the infinite depths of like who you are as a person is a, it's an endless wellspring. That's like, you know, there's no one can block you from going in there. And my way into that though is sometimes just simply through the work. And do you have any like personal mantras or quotes that you live by? I always say done is better than perfect because I think the amount of work that it takes to get something to a place where it's done and complete can get you to be 95% of the way there. And you can always go that extra 5%, but it takes a lot more energy to complete that last 5%. Like it could take three times as long as it took for you to get the initial 95% of the way there. So I think like for people who are brand founders or people who are creatives, that is an important mantra because we tend to be so perfectionistic or like tend to want to see the vision come to life exactly as we imagined it. And that's like not for anybody else anymore. That's now for you. And and that's not like not really helpful to the end user in any way. <laughs> yes. I feel like we could tinker on something to the very, very last minute something needs approved. And I almost feel like the hardest part is like sometimes the vision that's in your head sometimes just like is not possible. And you're like, I know this can be possible. Like I know we can do it. And sometimes it's just not. So like whether it's packaging or formula or something, if you have a vision for something and someone says like, it just actually can't be done or it's not going to fit with our cost of goods or whatever, like how do you kind of like let go of a little bit of that control or like dream to like, you know, do what's actually possible for the product? Isn't it such a thing? It's like what has happened is, by framing it, knowing that it's going to happen. And actually it's part of the process and it's completely natural. And once it's framed that way, it actually, for me, it's really freed me up to dream all the way. Might as well, like might as well really put the full vision and dream out there because I know it's going to get watered down. It has to, and that's part of the process too. So it, I think it actually really helps just knowing that that's going to happen because it really like lets the it's in those big lofty vision moments and what the dream is that like so much of the brand comes through and everybody does ultimately see that, you know? So like letting that run wild and then not trying to temper it when it's in that phase because it will happen when it's an execution. I think so too, because you've created such unique products, like the tinted face oil is like so genius. So like, how do you come up with 
ways to be like new and innovative with formulas that like haven't been done before? Like how do you push places to like, you know, create what's in your mind? So much of it, it really starts with like an intuitive feeling about something I want. And like with complexion, for example, it was like, I want to get, I want my skin to look even and groomed. Like that's, that's what I want. And without like pretending I, like, I don't know anything about foundation or anything about um, what kind of makeup I need to use to make that happen. It's just from like that deeper desire. And I find that when we start from that place, which is a feelings place, it ends up becoming innovative anyway, because like you're tending to the feeling and you're not tending to like the structural norms or, you know, or like the formula norms or whatever that exists out there. And so you're just kind of, it's like a different way to get to Rome. Like you're, you're forging your own path and the innovation itself is never the goal. It's the tending to the feelings that is. And so like, it might seem really fresh, but that's just because it's like, we're looking at like something different than product. We're looking at feelings. Yes. It's the best way to describe it because it's almost like when you get to the formula and you just know, it's like a gut feeling like, okay, I know that this is it. And sometimes we're in product development and like, I'll try something. I'm like, I know this just isn't it. And they're like, okay, can you explain why you don't like it? And I'm like, sometimes I can't even verbalize (laughs) it. I just, I'm just telling you that this one's not it. And we have to keep working at it. And I don't even, sometimes I wish that I could like go into my brain and like, put to words what I'm trying to like convey. And it's so difficult with product development sometimes. Isn't it? Cause you're just talking about a feeling. I'm like, I need to, I need to get like a huge vocabulary of feeling words. And then like, everybody needs to know them too, but I totally know what you mean. Trying to convey like it's, it's a, whether or not you get it. And that's not, there's not always like a word to describe why that is. It has like another element. It has like another sense that's at play beyond the five. And there aren't always words for that. Yes. I love that. Okay. So you are a busy woman, business, your mother. Do you have any routines that you follow either like a morning or nighttime routine or any productivity hacks? I'm looking for productivity hacks if you have any for me. (laughs) So the way that I, my routines are that because I know that my work day is never going to be exactly routine. Um, I, I have a very packed calendar and I schedule and calendar every moment of my day so that I don't have to think about where I need to be or where I need to go. I like, I, I just follow the calendar and that is like super variable every single day of the week, which is why I try to control the beginning and the end of the day. And I have very simple rituals that I do. Like for example, in the morning, I drink my coffee out of the same exact coffee mug and I have for years. Um, and I don't like mess around with that. So I think that's like a very, it's a very grounding ritual for me. It's expected. I know exactly what's going to happen only in that moment. And then I end my day almost always with family dinner. Um, I love dinner. I think it's like such a, like, it's like great because it's like communal. There's conversation. You get to like cap the day in a way. And so I know that those two things are going to happen in, in the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. And that helps me be more accepting of the chaos that's the middle of the day. I am so excited to tell you about this sponsor because it is a brand that I love. It is Missouri. If you look at any of my outfit pictures, I'm probably more than likely always at least wearing one piece from them 
It is a jewelry brand that I have loved and worn for so long now. And if you guys remember, we actually did a Summer Fridays pop-up with them in Los Angeles. Um, they have a store there, but they also have an amazing online shop where you guys can find so many of their things. If you want to shop them, by the way, I've got a code for you guys. It's 10% off. If you go to Missouri.com slash Mariana, it's 10% off your first order. And if you guys don't know what Missouri is, they make fine jewelry for every day. They've got new limited edition drops every Monday instead of seasonal releases like more traditional retailers and their pieces are handcrafted by expert jewelers and ethically sourced and made to last. They are the most perfect gift, but a gift for yourself too, of course. And they've got pieces for every budget and everyone, including women's, men's, and unisex. So they've got 14 karat solid gold staples that don't wear out or scratch easily compared to 18 karat gold. This is perfect for people who don't want to take their jewelry off or anyone with an active lifestyle. They've also got freshwater pearls, ethically sourced diamonds, and milestone pieces. These pieces are really to celebrate every day and every occasion or just because for your birthday, a new job, or anniversary. And if you need help of what to gift or give yourself, try on virtual shopping. They've got live chat with a Missouri stylist one-on-one or any questions that you might have, like what's my size or how do I style this? They're always there for you. Visit Missouri.com slash Mariana for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash Mariana for 10% off your first order. I feel like pre-COVID, we were all so busy, like traveling for work and all the time there was no consistency. And I've loved in the last year actually getting to have a morning routine and an end to my day because I feel like it's made me more productive for the hours in between. Your travel schedule was really intense before COVID, wasn't it? Oh my gosh. It was, I'm looking back and I'm like, I can't believe that that used to be what my schedule was like, but I, I almost had like career FOMO. Like I was so grateful to have opportunities that I didn't want to say no to things because I didn't want something to like pass me by. Now I know maybe that meeting didn't need to be in person. That can be a Zoom or a call now or trying to like, pack more things into one trip versus like going to New York every week. Um, So now I feel like I'm going to be more mindful of my schedule moving forward. But I do think at some point in time, like in my early career, like I did need to like hustle a little bit to like get to where I am now. So, but now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was so jet lagged and that exhausted for so long because that's, it was so hard on my body. Like I didn't even realize it until I actually got to like properly sleep for a year. I completely understand how you feel. And do you like to travel just generally? Like, is it something you enjoy? I do actually. I love to be in new places. I feel like being in different environments really inspires me or motivates me, or I just love being out and seeing how people live in different cities. And so uh, growing up, my mom lived in Germany and my, I lived with my dad in the States. So I went back and forth between Europe and the US since I was six. I was born in Europe in Germany. And so I feel like I'm so used to like being in different environments all the time. I almost have a really hard time like sitting still. So a plus side was like for the longest time, this is probably the longest in my life I ever got to be in one place. So that was like a huge benefit because I actually just got to be home and like have groceries and not have to pack my bag. But I love like, you know, when we go to Europe or we go somewhere else, like I remember when we presented our products when we launched at Sephora Europe, they loved our overtime mask and R&R mask because in that region specifically, they loved fragrance. And their favorite products were so much more different than the favorites and the best sellers in the US. And it's so interesting to see how globally different regions gravitate towards different things. And I feel like the face-to-face interaction with customers in different places is so invaluable. 
That's so true. I think it is so, it is so true how like the different regions have like very different wants and desires. And I think that's supernatural. That makes a lot of sense. And so I'm going to ask you this again, because this, and, and I'm asking because this happened to me, but did your work travel life in any way make you like traveling any less for your own pleasure? I, I think I felt like everything was always work. So like even my personal travel, I always felt like rushed. Like I always felt like I need to get on a flight and go there and only be there for two days and then be connected to the internet the whole time. And so I actually went on a vacation this past weekend and it was like the first time I went and I actually didn't work. And I didn't, I was like, I'm going to be mindful about not working this weekend. And I feel like when I was there, I was like, I want to be really present because before I didn't know my last trip was going to be my last trip for a long time. So now I want to actually like enjoy the moment because we really don't know what's going to happen. Like things change so quickly before. So I'm more mindful now, I think than I was a year ago. And I, my mom, I saw her for mother's day and she was like, I hadn't seen her since January of 2020. And she was like, this is the most present I've ever seen you in your life. And she was like, whatever happened in the last year, she was like, you've changed for the better. And I'm so grateful for that. I love that. I I totally understand that because it's like the feeling of being rooted. Like sometimes it's just very like physical and like location driven and actually like moving around, like from one place to another can feel disorienting. It does for me at least. Yeah. I felt it was very like, just, I felt like I was on the go. It was like a daze for so long. Um, so now it, it was nice. I like, I really enjoyed it. And I mean, we're so grateful to live in an amazing place like Los Angeles. Like in the last year, I've been to the beach more than in the 12 years I've lived here. Um, I spent so much time outside and going on walks and walking in different neighborhoods and like really for the first time getting to enjoy the city because I feel like before too, there was so much traffic. I never wanted to drive anywhere. And like, I feel like I really did more in the last year. And so I have loved it. Um, okay. Next question for you. Um, what skills do you think are really important if someone wants to have a job or career like yours? I think that that is different for everybody. Um, but what's really important is actually finding out what that answer is for you. And the reason I say that is because like, I've been on that journey for the last seven years that I've been doing this. Um, and that answer has like really evolved and, and it took a lot of like soul searching for me to understand, like, what is it that I'm actually irreplaceable here at Kosas, because when you're first starting a brand, the reality of the situation is that you're going to do everything for that brand. Um, because like, you know, it, you, it first starts with just like one person and then maybe it's a very small team of people. So there's a lot of like, um, all hands on deck mentality. Like everybody do a little bit of everything, like do what you can to support the organization, like, which is a really small thing to begin with. Um, and then like, as that grows and evolves, Um, there's more specialization involved. Like everybody doesn't need to know how to do everything. People need to know how to do their thing really well. And so like, as that started to happen, which is very recent because we're still like super early on in this, in, on this journey, um, I was actually starting to be able to say, okay, what is it that I do here that is like true to who I am as a person? And this is like, something that I've been doing since I was 10 years old. Like it's not, nothing about me has changed. Like my, the essential self that I am has not changed at all since I was a kid. And it really has to do with product development and creative for Kosas. And so I don't 
and by no means do I think everybody needs to be good at those two things um, to have a brand. It can be so many different things. Um, but what's important is actually knowing what they are. Absolutely. And then hiring for the people who know how to do the things that you don't know how to do. And I feel like- Yeah, team, which is everything else. <laughs> everything else. Yeah. The team is so important. So where do you guys post job listings? And when you guys are hiring, is there anything specific that you're looking for either on a resume or in an interview? I um, I think like it really depends on the role, um, but, and it depends on the role and it depends on the level of like, of that role in terms of like how much experience does that person need to have? Sometimes we want someone to have experience from areas outside of beauty. And sometimes we really absolutely think it's critical for people to have experience inside of beauty. And that's been a journey. Like I didn't know that from day one, that's been, that has all been um, information that I've kind of learned along the way. Um, One thing that's for sure is that anyone who comes to work here it's not so much something that we're looking for, but it's like critically important that people understand that they're coming into a startup and that that's like such a different environment than a huge company. And like, it's going to be a very different lifestyle and like a different type of a work situation because um, there's a huge, like there's a very valid expectation when you're going into a huge company that there are going to be a lot of systems in place. And if you bring that kind of a mentality into a startup, you might be very disappointed because the company is being built, like the plane is being built as it's flying. So there aren't going to be a lot of systems in place. And the part of what's beautiful about being in a startup, if it's something that you like to do, is that you get to build those systems. When you see a gap, you get to actually have an impact and say, I, you know, I wish that there was a protocol here. And then you can create that if you want to. But that is not for everybody. Um, and I think it's really important for people to be able to know and articulate, like, am I a person who wants to build those systems or am I a person who's really good at working within systems that are already built? And that's like a huge distinction that would tell, tell me whether or not someone would be happy here, which like, that's what, you know, we really want to make sure that to the greatest extent possible that you're going to work every day, that you at least like it, you know? I'm smiling because it's like, I know exactly what you mean. Cause you know, we launched a little bit after you, but it's like, I get that like, at the beginning too, it was like very, very small. So it was like, everyone just needs to do and be willing to do any and everything. And then like, we slowly grow, but it's still definitely like very team player. Like we're all, we're building a company internally at the same time as like building the company and brand externally. So there's like a lot happening all at the same time. Um, I thought that was great advice. So um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can everybody find the brand and follow you? Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun to talk to you and actually like um, be able to learn a little bit more about what you do also. Um, Kosas, you can find at kosas.com and at most Sephora stores in the US. Um, And you can find me at Sheena on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mariana. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next.